From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Peter Hartlob. We're here with Mick LaSalle, and it's the return of movies with Mick LaSalle. Coming back from Venice? Yeah, I'm back from Venice. I was on a panel at the Venice Film Festival, and uh, I got to see some movies, and, and the movie we're going to be talking about today was my favorite of the movies I saw there. Which is A Star is Born. I saw your tweet, and I got really excited because yeah. I thought the trailer looked good. It's out this weekend, October 5th. I think we have some sound. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they like the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. So your review was... Uh, really positive. I mean, you know, I, I think there are things wrong with the movie, but I also think that the things that are wrong with the movie don't matter. And so I gave it the, the, the little man, the, the second highest rating, but I did say I loved it, because I did. And you're here as always with Leba Hertz, Datebook Podcast, Movies with Mick LaSalle. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome everybody. This is Mick LaSalle, and uh, we're going to be talking about movies today. And we're going to be talking about movies actually fairly often. We're going to try to make these podcasts a more regular thing. Back uh, back in the old days, we used to have a podcast every week. We're going to be, I don't know if sure if, I'm not sure if it's going to be every week, but it's going to be fairly often. And I am here with my editor, Lieber Hertz. And Lieber, what is your title so we all know? I don't know anymore, but you can just call me Entertainment Editor. And also your movie editor, aren't you? I guess you could call me that, too. Right, but you are more than... Yeah, anyway. So, uh, Leba, we had some movies opening this week, including one big one. What do you want to talk about? Uh, Janet Gaynor, uh, Judy Garland, yeah. Barbara Streisand, or Stephanie G. I think we could talk about Stephanie Germanata, because I like Stephanie Germanata. In fact, I like Stephanie Germanata. I like Stephanie Germanata better than the other three, actually. And, and so what are we talking about here? We're talking about Gaga. Lady, Lady Gaga, Gaga in... A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. The fourth version of Fourth the, version of it and third in the third good one. So that means that there's something uh, about the formula that, that works. Yeah, I saw this movie. I saw this movie in Venice, and um, it was rather interesting. I, I saw it. Um, I didn't see I, I saw it a day after everybody else saw it in Venice. I saw it a day after all the critics saw it in Venice. I saw it not um, on the Lido where the Venice Film Festival is, which is a short boat ride from Venice. I saw it actually in Venice, where, like with people. You well, know, where did you see it in the Venice? I saw it in uh, San Marco. But I mean, what type of theater? It was a. Uh, it, it was was just, it old, like the rest of Venice? No, it wasn't old. Oh. No, it was fairly new, but in, in an mm-hmm. old building mm-hmm. like the rest of Venice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, just with a bunch of Italians, and I watched it. And um, you know, I was running to the theater. It was absolutely pouring rain. I was with uh, my wife and, and three friends, and and we were all, and because we got there late, we all sat in different parts of the theater. So I sat by myself, and I had no sense of of how you know how other people liked it and as i was watching the movie i thought i love this thing but i also thought because i hadn't read any of the reviews i thought wow i'm the only one who's going to like this movie 
because I had this feeling that it was this very, you know, kind of this sort of romantic, old-fashioned movie, even though it has Lady Gaga in it. And I thought people were just going to make fun of it. Um, now, I went into the movie not expecting anything because I thought, I, I, I mean, I was, I was very interested in it, and I put it on my list of movies that I most wanted to see. But I just thought, you know, this is going to be like a like a vanity project for Bradley Cooper, his first time director. I heard that he wrote the songs, which you know did not bode well, because I, you know, <laughs> what what do I know? Can this guy even write any songs? And within about just five or ten minutes, I, I really liked it, and I really, really liked her. I liked I liked everything about her, including the way she looks in this movie, because I think she looks just great. And she looks, I have to say, I don't know, I mean, she looks like, she looks like an Italian girl from New York, you know, so, which is, uh, I, I, and I have, that's, which is what she is, which is what she is. But, uh, but the thing is, I thought I liked her better than when she gets into her Lady Gaga mode. I, I found her more accessible. Really? I found, I mean, Lady Gaga, you always think is like, she's like, you know. I'm Lady Gaga, and this one, she was just a real person, and that's As Lady Gaga. Make... Oh, no, Lady, yeah, Lady Gaga always looks really austere, but actually, whenever you see her in interviews, she's extremely yeah. uh, down-to-earth, at yeah. least in the last, yeah. you know, maybe for her first year. I, 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 there are two schools of thought about this movie. Uh, one is that the whole thing is great, and the second is that the first half is great, and the second half is okay. I'll go with that. That's the one I go with. The The, the thing is, though, that, that even with saying that, I absolutely loved it, and and it's uh, the movie, it's the movie that I've seen in the last few months that I would really happily watch again, and that I'm looking forward to seeing again. It's too long. It it, it is too long. It is too long, too and long. and I think that you know when I do watch it again, I may watch the first half and stop at a certain point but i i just think that the 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 first half is is pretty much transcendent i just think it's just great um you know the, the it's interesting making a movie like this because the star is born is, is originally about a movie star it's about a movie star who is beginning to go into decline because he's a drunk and he discovers an actress and that turns out to be in the movie in the first movie Janet Gaynor and what I was saying in the review, and, and, and I think that this is, it's a little bit of a challenge, is that in the movie business, if you have a substance abuse problem, you can wreck your career fast. Because all you got to do is just not show up a few times. You won't be able to get insured. Or also, if you become a drunk or you become a, a drug addict, it starts showing up in your face. If you're a romantic lead, you, if you look like hell, nobody's going to want to put you in a movie. So basically, from like zero to 60, zero being everything's fine, and 60, you don't have a career anymore, you can go to zero to 60 in about a year uh, in the movie business. But in the the music business, I mean, what do you have to do? You know, you could you can look horrible. I mean, look at Keith Richards. You could <laughs> take every kind of drug. The only thing that really the, the the only thing that really ends your career is if you go up on stage and fall down. But even then, a lot of them they get back up and they have their comeback tour. Yeah, but that yeah, it's, you have to like fall down and keep on falling down. So the the problem is that means that the guy has to start. A little bit more messed up in his trajectory than James Mason did, or that Frederick March did in the earlier versions, and you know that that means that. But you have to balance that by keeping him 
at least you know physically attractive and and like I would say romantically viable. And I guess it helps, of course, that Bradley Cooper is is a very good looking guy, but still, I, I, my wife was watching it and she was saying that like by the time, you know, like two thirds into the movie, he's essentially neutered because he's so he's such a drug addict that he's like done. Yeah, that's interesting. She said that because I first remember Bradley Cooper in Alias, and there was one of the romance interests with Jennifer Garner, and then there was the other guy. I'm sorry, his name I just can't remember offhand who I really liked, the spy. And I always felt that Bradley Cooper played kind of like a very milquetoast character. And then when he was named, you know, sexiest man alive, I went, really? And then I met him in person, and I went, oh, really? Yeah. And it might be, actually, he did that on purpose. So you um, so, so he's, he's one of those people who's better looking in person? He's better looking in person, and I think he's also, you know, he's got... You know, acting chops. I mean, he's been on stage. He played yeah. an elephant man. You know, he studied at the actor's studio. As a matter of fact, they, they tease. He's one of the p- kids in the class, the, the celebrity question asker who made it big. And, matter of fact, they have a f- scene where he actually is, hi, my name is Bradley Cooper. I'm an actor. And asks a question of De Niro. And they end up co-starring in the movie wow. together. Yeah, that's the dream. But I think that might actually be what he does. He purposely maybe makes himself a little less sexy in certain roles. Because I said, when I saw him in Alias, I never understood his sex appeal. Yeah. I, I found, I've i met uh, a lot of uh, glamorous movie stars, and I have to say that that almost everybody looks better in the movies. Almost. Almost, yeah. almost everybody looks better in the movies. And, and, and there's a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's of course, there's, mm-hmm. the, there's the whole thing of, of mm-hmm. the way people are photographed mm-hmm. and... And and also there's the thing of them turning it on for the screen rather than turning it on for some mm-hmm. schlub who's interviewing them. But then there's also the fact that when you meet somebody, you are kind of by definition meeting them on the oldest day of their life. Mm-hmm. So you've seen them in a bunch of movies. But um, yeah, I had that. I, I you know I did a book about French actresses, and and with the exception of Julie Gaillet, who is like absolutely stunning in person. I said, Julie Guyane, you send your eyes are rolling back in your head. You have no idea what I'm talking about. But do you remember the story? Remember remember the president of France was in an affair with some woman? He was cheating on the woman he was cheating on his wife with? Yeah. Yeah? That's like, you, you have to get to two levels of cheating to get in, in trouble in France. But anyway, he was cheating on his wife. The woman he was cheating on his wife, he was cheating on the woman he was cheating on his wife with, and that was the actress Julie Gaillet. That's how she's sort of famous. And she's absolutely stunning in person. And on, on screen, she's, you know, quite pretty. But everybody else, of course, is just... Um... So anyway, so Bradley Cooper, that's interesting because he's very handsome on screen. So it means that he has handsome to spare. Mm-hmm. So even if... Even if none of, if, if not all of it comes through, he's got enough in reserve. It doesn't make any difference. I'll tell you it's the, pretty good. The, the actress I felt is the most glamorous in person, and when you see her on screen, she's always pretty much dowdy. Is Joanne Woodward? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I've met her a few times. An absolutely stunning wow. in person. You know, but again, that's a great actress. I mean, she always plays these kind of you know frumpy roles. That's and, true. And, but in person. Then you understand why Paul Newman, who always looked handsome, even in real life and on screen, there's nothing to stop. When he was 100 years old, you know, he looked great. Yeah. But she really was a stunner, is a stunner. Anyway, so just to, to just get uh, get back to, uh, to A Star is Born, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised and kind of amazed when I went back uh, 
and and no and saw that the reviews were just absolutely great and i think it it's that people there's something about this this movie that's better than itself that i i think it 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 captures it, there's a, there's a, there's an excitement around it there's the excitement of of just the the vicarious story of being discovered for and and nurtured and made you know basically kind of waking up famous almost and and being it's like a fairy it's like a fairy godfather comes in yeah. and just just changes this woman's life and i think that's just a, a vicarious fantasy that has been has has charged the story f- since 1936 to 37 when the first one came out but then i think that it's also just the excitement of gaga's talent where when she when she comes out i mean it the, the first thing I, I the first person i thought of when she just opens her mouth and starts singing and it is like is like Whitney Houston in the bodyguard where it's like oh, that's this blast of a voice coming at you i think this is a better movie than the bodyguard but it's in fact i think they try to by the way the end of the movie is a long song and i think they're trying to pattern pattern it after the bodyguard the mm-hmm. only thing is i think the songwriting is pretty good in this movie but i think the last song in the movie wanted to be like I will always love you, like that great, great. That is a great song, or at least it was. The you know the first eight thousand times I heard it, uh, you know, uh, they wanted one of those like really, really, really catchy, I will always love you type things, and and it, it's not quite that. And the movie could have used it, but you know we're we're quibbling here. I think this is one of the movies by which twenty eighteen will be remembered, and it's in a pretty somber depressing year really is pretty depressing in in a in a malaise a feeling of like ugh throughout the land and even throughout the world i think people really want this movie um you know it's not a movie that makes you think about what's going on i think to an extent some of the big movies by which the year will be remembered are movies that make you remember what's going on movies like uh, black Klansman or or even um Black Panther. Mm-hmm. This is a great movie, or, or, or it's not great, but it's there's something great about it. There's going to be a, I, I expect to hear I expect to hear names coming out in uh, February and in early December for nominations. What would it be nominated for? Do you best think Best Actress for sure? Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I really think she's a shoo-in for Best Actress. Well, nomination not to win. But well, she won't win. No, yeah, she maybe I don't know. No, she I mean, won't win. I've she's, seen no, I've she seen two already so far. Um, her and a movie that hasn't opened yet, Melissa McCarthy, for um, can you forgive me or something yeah. like that? Um, they're just they're yeah. not going to. But no, I mean, they're I'm looking at what else is coming out, and I actually, for the women, I don't see, I don't see that many. You know that 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 are going to hit that level of what she did. Well, well, yeah, and also too, I say I started to, mm-hmm. I started to say nah, and she won't get nominated. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, there'll be there'll probably be eight or nine really great roles for women in the course of a year. Mm-hmm. So then her odds are pretty good just just with that. Um, but she can't win, and the reason why she can't win, even though you know it wouldn't bother me if she did, is just that, I mean, Judy Garland didn't win. Uh, in 1954, and the reason why she didn't win is because people said, "Oh, she's just playing Judy Garland. Let's mm-hmm. give it to Grace Kelly because she's not playing herself in the Country Girl." Because look, she she looks plain. They she's not wearing makeup, and therefore that it was a great performance. Judy Garland was amazing in that movie, and she should have won. So 
you know, Grace maybe Kelly acting. She can act. Can she act? Grace Kelly in the Country Girl is not only a bad. Perf- I mean, is it not only a weak performance compared to mm-hmm. Judy Garland, but it's actually just a bad performance. She's not a, she was not. A, she was a very beautiful woman who was just. An overrated actress. Well, yeah, no, I, I don't think that she was overrated at all as a movie star. I think she's wonderful. When I, when I, when I kind of watch a movie mm-hmm. from some, you know, somewhere between 1950 mm-hmm. and 1954, and you know, it's just some random title, and I see Grace Kelly is in it, and I say, oh, good, Grace Kelly's in it. I, I'm, always, I'm happy to look at Grace Kelly, and, and I think that she's totally adequate. She's, you know, it's, it's like, it's like the same thing. It's like uh, Grace Kelly, who's, uh, who's the one, uh, the one in Vertigo, uh, Kim, Kim Novak. Novak. Yeah, I mean, they're never better than they're supposed to be, but and they're never worse. They're always exactly what they need to be, with the exception of Grace Kelly in, in The Country Girl, because she's just plain bad. Anyway, they don't usually give it to these performances where anybody, anybody can say. Eh, she's just playing herself, so I don't think Gaga will do it. So let's say, but she'll, she'll be nominated. Do you think uh, Bradley Cooper will be nominated for Best Actor? I don't know about Best Actor. He might get a Best Directing nom or a Best Picture nom, but I don't know. He might get Best Picture because there's like eight or nine or I, ten I of think them. That, I think the early odds on favorite right now is, is uh, and I haven't seen it, but is, it has to be Alfonso Cuaron's uh, Roma. I'm hearing incredible raves about this I movie. I know. That's the one I didn't get to see. Everybody, mm-hmm. That's the one movie that everybody was going nuts over. Yeah, And, and, so, and of course, my favorite. Yeah movie so far and it's going to be really tough to beat my favorite movie is Black Klansman and this might be Spike Lee's year it could be um, I don't know it opened a little early uh, it's possible mm-hmm. I I, uh, I don't know I, I don't know mm-hmm. it, I think this has been you know and also we have a bunch of movies coming coming out I mean I'm really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, that uh, Vice oh, gosh. have you seen the coming no, attractions I, for that I, I, Oh man, it's, that's, uh, that's it's amazing. But talking about that, what about and it may be because of um, you know the sympathy vote or the, the nostalgia vote, a movie that's opening this Friday, uh, starring a guy named Redford, and it's supposedly his last acting performance. And well, yeah, he okay. may get a nomination well, let's, out of that. This sounds like a very nice opportunity to segue. Mm-hmm. That's very very skillful, Liba. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the old man and the gun. And that's Robert Redford in what he says will be his last performance. He's 82 years old. Um, if he wasn't in the movie, I wouldn't even think the movie was worth watching at all. But he's so, he's he's just been so interesting for so many years. I, you know, if you, if you uh, hooked me up to a lie detector test, <laughs> we're doing it right now everybody Hartlop is right here yeah, he's no, getting it out he's I mean, putting uh, it on I, I, of all people it would not be useful to give a lie detector to I'm probably high on the list but if you, if you put me it'll give me a lie detector test it said who's your favorite actor uh, who's alive or from the 70s mm-hmm. or that but it's Robert Redford I, I find alive and, yeah okay. definitely if the, or, the, or who's your favorite actor of the second half of the 20th century it would be Robert Redford no it's my Paul Newman Actually, well, the second half of the 20th century does include Humphrey Bogart. That's so in that's, two. Yeah, well, we could we could shove Humphrey Bogart into the 40s, and I would say Robert Redford. What about Paul Newman? No, no, I like Redford better. No, think no, about, no. Thing about I like about Redford is that, well, I, I talk about this in the review. He does. He's he's a he's a, he's odd, and he's he doesn't he isn't what he looks like because he looks like nothing's wrong, everything's great. He's a breezy guy, and he has the externality of a kind of a breezy guy. He has a kind of a breezy way about him, 
but actually he's prickly, he's edgy, he uh, is mysterious, uh, you don't know what he's thinking, he can be smiling and you wonder what's going on, and this is a good role for him in his old age because he's playing a likable, charming guy who seems to have some kind of compulsion to rob banks. Now, because it's Redford, we look at that and we say, oh, this compulsion must be noble in some way. My this com- must be a good compulsion. But it could be just that he's, you know, just a twisted guy. My compulsion was that the, the breakout movie for him was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. What did he do in that movie? He robbed banks. He robbed yeah. banks. Yeah, he, he's just there's something... I don't know. I find him really... Let's go through the other movies, though, because we, we yeah. don't want to keep people Just from, really quick, uh, I did have a, a Facebook post of his name, your favorite Redford movie. Really quick, yours. Mine was The Sting. and was a strong second to all the president's men. I think Three Days of the Condor. That's a good as one. As pure Redford. Yeah. yeah. I love The Sting. Yeah. yeah. And I, all the president's Yeah, men. I love the guy. I just, And, you know, Jan Wall, mm-hmm. the film critic Jan Wall, mm-hmm. who I... She, she said that people tend to really gravitate towards movie stars who are either just like them or the complete opposite of them. And in the case of Redford, Redford, his whole essence is the complete opposite from me. I mean, he looks nothing like me, but also the whole thing of like, he, he never tells you what he's thinking. It's like, I can't stop telling you what I'm thinking. I mean, he's just, he, to me, it's he, to me, he's just like also like a really cool guy because he's, he's so not like me. Um, should we get to the, the, the film that'll probably be the box office hit this year? Which is what? The, the, for for yeah. the next movie? Yeah. Or do you want to go to the no, two go the box ones? office. Go. Box office. Marvel. Oh, you think you think it's going to be the box office hit? No, Star is Born is going to kill it. I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Oh, they, no, I don't, it's, I don't it's think... It's tough because it is Marvel and it is, you know... Word of mouth in this is going to be bad because yeah. it's, it has no respect for... It's not... It's it's not like the st- superhero movies. They tend to either be kind of arch and we self-referential. Never said what the title is. Venom. Venom. Yeah, they tend to be either arch and self-referential, uh, or they tend to be kind of uh, well, almost so earnest, earnest to the point of corny. This movie is neither. It's just kind of almost making fun of the form. I don't think it's that great, but I kind of liked it for that reason. But I, I don't think it's going to do anything. This, though I do like, um, I do enjoy Tom Hardy. And I, and and really at this point, I'd watch anything with Michelle Williams in it, even even Venom. And uh, what else we got? We've so. got um, we've got the the small movie at the Roxy. Uh, oh, what yeah. about favorite peoples involved with it? Uh, filmmaker Unite. Uh, Jay Rosenblatt. Mm-hmm. Jay Rosenblatt. Uh, he's he's uh, the, I guess the artistic director of the Jewish Film Festival. He's the chief programmer. Right. He's the chief programmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's such a good talent. Have you ever seen one of his movies, Lima? No, I don't think I have. I've seen posters. He's 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 a great filmmaker. I mean, he's not just good. Yeah. No, he's like great. And but he works in a form that is going to keep him from, you know, becoming famous to the whole world because he, you know, he makes movies that are like six, seven, eight, ten minutes mm-hmm. long. But he he he's great. And his anyway, this this um, filmmakers night is an anthology film of a bunch of movies that were made by filmmakers in response to uh, the election of Donald Trump. And Jay asked, he put the word out, got a bunch of submissions. Him and Ellen Bruno, uh, a filmmaker, put them together. They, they chose the films, put them together, and they're very interesting. And the, the cumulative effect of seeing these movies are kind of like looking into uh, like the, the unconscious mind of the times, of, of actually not the times, the moment. Um, 
but I have to say that Jay Rosenblatt's film is uh, Jay Rosenblatt's film is called Scared Very Scared, and it's by by far the best one. It's in I'm in awe of how good it is. I I think it's a movie you can see over and over and over again. But in any case, uh, I think the movie's worth seeing, and it's at the Roxy Theater. And then the other one is a movie that I don't think is going to be in theaters long, but yeah. it will be on Netflix. No, I, mean, so, I think it's know, already on Netflix. Yeah, it's going to be on Netflix and, on and October 5th. just a 5th, small yeah. interruption here. According to box office, it looks like uh, Venom's got the edge over Star is Born. Uh, are they playing in many theaters? Or yeah, both, same? both wide. Uh, okay, D- second week, it's going to be the reverse. Oh, probably. The yeah. second week, it'll be First Man. Uh, yeah, but Star is Born will be second and, yeah. And, and Star, Star is Born, the word of mouth on Star is Born is going to be amazing. The word of mouth on Venom is going to be yeah. venomous. And the, <laughs> the word of mouth on First Man is going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be great. It's going to be good. Um, anyway, so... I hear uh, there's already a controversy on First Man. Yeah? I haven't seen the movie, but I understand there's a lot of people are complaining about they don't show him planting the flag. And people are complaining yes, about that? Yes, they're complaining about it. Who's complaining about that? I don't know, but Ch- Damien Chazelle is, is is defending his decision, you know, emphatically. So, it's, it's not, it's not, not, that's not what the movie's oh, about. I just gave it away. That, that's not what I the movie's about. It, it has nothing to do with playing the flag. No, I, it's also, I gave it away. He walks on the moon. Yeah, no, oh. but it's also not about him screwing up his line, one mm-hmm. small step before a man. Yeah. You know, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about something else. Mm-hmm. It's about the fact that his his daughter died when he was a you know when he was a young father and stuff like that that's what the movie's about but anyway get back to private life is the movie you're referring to it's opening it's at um it's a, a netflix movie so it's opening on netflix on the same day yes, october 5th so, yeah. as it, and it's uh, paul giamatti and Catherine hahn who are just terrific as a couple uh trying to get pregnant or maybe even trying to adopt. They're just they're trying to have kids. They put it off, and now they're getting to the age where they're having real trouble uh, getting pregnant, and they're trying everything. And the movie is two hours and seven minutes long. It's by Tamara Jenkins, and which is a surprise for so that kind of movie. And I really liked it because it it just it kind of ambles along, and you don't know where it's going. You don't know. You can't outguess it. You don't know what how they're going to end up, and also too, um, Catherine Hahn and and Paul Giamatti are very easy to take over the long yeah. haul, and they're extremely believable as a married couple because they're both funny, but at the same time, he's sort of easygoing and she's sort of uh, high strung, and it they just seem like they're married. They just seem they seem like a married couple. So anyway, that that those are the those are the movies of the week. So I think we could sign off because you're all set. I mean, anybody listening to this, if they came in in darkness, now they are in light. So they they know what to do. So I think we could say goodbye. So, Liba, let's say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, people. Goodbye, people. We'll (laughs) be back soon. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Mick LaSalle and Liba Hertz. Our producer today is Peter Hartlob. Executive producer is Fernando Diaz. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Music is Mozart's Symphony 40 in G minor by Blue Dot Sessions. 
read our columns, and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. San Francisco Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.